The planet is heating up. The oceans are becoming filled with plastic. Change starts now. Change starts now. We're on a countdown. To zero waste. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast. Here's your host, Laura Nash. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Nash, and on today's episode, I'm in Toronto at TerraCycle with Jessica Panetta. Jessica, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk about TerraCycle. If you're into Zero Waste at all, you've probably heard of them. They are worldwide at this point. Yeah, we are. We're in 21 countries. Oh, that's amazing. And we're here in Toronto. And is this the headquarters of TerraCycle or is this the only TerraCycle location in Canada? So this is the only location in Canada, but our headquarters are in Trenton, New Jersey. Awesome. And so TerraCycle is is pretty famous and it's getting, I think, bigger and bigger as we go along, which is really great. But when did TerraCycle start and where? So the idea first began in 2001 when Tom Zaki, our founder and CEO, was a freshman student at Princeton University. So he had learned that feeding food scraps to worms could actually create a really great fertilizer. And he was intrigued by the idea of creating a product out of waste. So he actually dropped out of Princeton and formed TerraCycle. So back then the company was focused on selling TerraCycle plant food, which is a product that was made entirely from waste. So the fertilizer was made from food scraps and the packaging was used soda bottles. So the entire product was made out of something that was used, that something that was seen as, as waste. Nice. Um, so since then, TerraCycle changed the business focus away from creating plant food towards recycling difficult to recycle items sent in by consumers. So we still focus on eliminating the idea of waste, and we do that by recycling items that are typically considered non-recyclable and that are usually destined for landfill. So we do that through two ways, our free recycling programs and our zero waste boxes. Awesome. Yes. Before we get into the boxes, because that's like the really exciting part about TerraCycle. In Toronto, how long have you been here in Toronto? Uh, Since 2009. Okay. Awesome. So tell me a little bit about the boxes, because we're here at TerraCycle and we're surrounded by boxes and we're surrounded by things that are filled with all sorts of materials that you would never think you could recycle. Um, There are like cracker bags and there are these go-go snack pouches that are kind of like juice boxes, but they're more of like aluminum, like squeeze pouches. And there are shampoo bottles and there are diaper bags that are actually made into pellets. So I can actually see the pellets that have been made out of some of these plastic items, which is really, really cool. So out of all these things, is there something that sort of is the most wildest thing you have seen? And how would you go about recycling it? Yeah, so uh, the craziest thing that we recycle is cigarettes. So these are actually processed cigarette butts. And the most common question that we get is, how do you actually recycle cigarettes? Um, So the way that we do that is we shred cigarette butts and then separate it based on material. So the paper, tobacco, and ash is actually composted, and that leaves you with the filter. And the filter is made out of a plastic called cellulose acetate. So that's what we process into pellets and then used in uh, manufacturing industrial products. Right. And that's something that a lot of people don't know is that cigarette filters are plastic. And so whenever you see people throwing them out on the road or, you know, into the water, if they're boating, it's something that we don't really want people to do because not only does it have chemicals in it, but it's a plastic that is probably going to be there for a while. Um, So that's a big problem, especially on beaches too. So it's amazing that you can bring that in. 
Zaki also says that cigarettes are the most littered item in the United States. About 135 million pounds of butts are tossed on roadways, thrown in the trash, or put in public ashtrays every year. Cigarettes account for 38% of all U.S. roadway litter from a 2009 study, and over 2 million cigarettes or cigarette butts, which is enough to fill 100,000 packs, were removed from American beaches and inland waterways in 2011. Gross. So how would someone get involved with recycling cigarettes with you guys? Would you purchase a box and keep it at your workplace or something like that? Um, so basically, the program is completely free. So you go on our website, terracycle.ca, you join the cigarette waste recycling program, and then by doing that, you can download UPS shipping labels so you can send your cigarette butts through the mail. So you can collect them at your work, office, home, anywhere, even cities can collect them, and then you just collect them all together and send them in the mail. So what do people do with them after? So once you take the cigarette butts and you separate them and then you turn the plastic parts into pellets, where do they go next? Yep, so they're used to uh, manufacture industrial products, so like shipping pallets or even park benches, stuff like that. Oh, so kind of like the benches that you showed me in your office. Yep, actually this one is made out of cigarettes. What is that? This isn't a shipping pallet. <laughs> oh my yes. goodness! Oh, that's amazing. So it's, it's not 100% cigarettes, but it's uh, made with cigarette filters. It's funny because I was looking for a good compost barrel, and I couldn't really find one, and I feel like that material would make a really good compost barrel because it's black, which is good for like heating the compost, and you want something thick like the animals can't get into and stuff. Yeah. Um, so that would be kind of neat. <laughs> Are cigarettes sort of the thing that you would say you recycle the most, or do you have something that you kind of typically see come in the most here in Toronto? Yeah, so what we recycle the most is actually coffee capsules. So we have a free program specifically with Nespresso. People who use Nespresso coffee capsules can send them in the mail or they can bring them to any store. Also through our zero waste boxes, you can recycle any brand of coffee capsule. So we receive a lot of coffee capsules, a large volume of those. So we recycle all of them, not in Toronto, but in, uh, in Ontario. And we recycle it into items like we have in our lobby, benches and coffee tables. Oh, right. Yeah, the coffee tables are there, too. That's really nice. And why is it that coffee pods are so difficult for municipalities to recycle? Yeah, so the recycling process is a bit more complex than, you know, traditional plastics. Um, so basically, you'd have to shred up all the coffee capsules, separate the coffee grounds from the aluminum and the plastic, and then process the, the other items into plastic pellets and then recycle them. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit different. And it's, um, it's a different sort of quality plastic I suppose. That's really cool that you can recycle those because they are sort of a problem that we didn't anticipate, I think, when we thought of the convenience yeah. <laughs> of making those single servings. A story was published back in 2015 by James Hamblin in The Atlantic. It was called A Brewing Problem. What's the healthiest way to keep everyone caffeinated? The article starts out with a quote by John Sylvan referring to Keurig machines. I don't have one. They're kind of expensive, he said. Plus, it's not like drip coffee is tough to make. John Sylvan is the inventor of the K-Cup. Back in 2015, it was estimated one in three American households have a pod-based coffee machine. And in 2014, the Keurig company had $4.7 billion in revenue and sold 9.8 billion plastic pods. I buy ethical fair trade coffee beans zero waste from the bulk barn, grind them at home, and pour boiling water over them in my glass French press. It's simple. So also, I saw on your website that you actually can 
recycle some laboratory waste and we did a previous podcast on recycling and medical waste was actually a really big problem for a municipal level. So how is it that you guys at TerraCycle can actually recycle some of that medical waste? Yeah, so through our our zero waste boxes, we can recycle hundreds of different types of waste streams, including uh, laboratory waste. So we have a box that's specifically for nitrile latex gloves. Um, We have some that are for safety glasses and items like that. Um, So anyone can buy a box and put all the items in the box and send it back to us. And then we recycle it again into other products. Nice. And there would be like a cleaning part of that as well, right? Which I believe would allow you to take in some of those items. Yeah, exactly. So we wouldn't necessarily take items that are we're in contact with any sort of biohazardous waste, but cleaning and drying is definitely a thorough part of our recycling process. That's awesome. And I think that that's sort of that missing step on the municipal level. So for example, some of my favorite quicker restaurants... When I go in there, sometimes I'll see the garbage and then the recycling, but when you look in the recycling hole, so to speak, it's a garbage bag, and I sometimes wonder if it's actually going to the recycling facility, and if it is, it would probably be rejected because it's not being cleaned, so I feel like that's sort of like a missing part of making the municipal recycling like a really, really awesome program, so it's really neat that you guys have those abilities to take things and then have a stage where it is cleaned. I think that's really great. So what is it about TerraCycle that allows you guys to recycle things that we can't just put in our blue box and have it picked up at the curb? So the items that TerraCycle recycles are items that are typically considered not recyclable um, and not because they don't have a recycling solution, just because they're more costly to do so. So they have a lot more of a complex recycling process, so it makes it more expensive and the value of the pellets when they're processed, it's it's lower than how much it costs. So what TerraCycle does is we bridge that gap. So we work with our brand sponsors who are funding this recycling program or through our zero waste box program where consumers and businesses can fund that as well. Right, and then your manufacturers are are local, are they not? Uh, Yes, so some of our processors are located here in Ontario. So we do send some of our waste there to be recycled. Nice. So when you guys take items and then turn it into pellets, it's just not perhaps as useful as the things that we can just normally throw in our blue box. It's It's not that it's not as useful, it's just more costly to recycle it. Right. If someone wants to order a box, they can go on your website and then there are boxes you can pay for. So for example, if I just want to take a box for my home, I could basically pay about $80 and have this big box in my kitchen and just sort of throw you know, toothbrushes or um, shampoo bottles or like just basically anything and then send them into you and you guys will recycle them. Is that how it works? Yep, exactly. So we sell zero waste boxes by um, both category and even rooms, which makes it easier. So you can recycle um, by category. So let's say you have a lot of coffee capsules that you go through, you can buy specifically a coffee capsule box. But if you're looking for more of a catch-all solution, you can buy a bathroom separation box where you can recycle toothbrushes, shampoo bottles, or a kitchen separation box where you can recycle coffee capsules and plastic packaging. So uh, yeah, we do offer a lot of different recycling solutions. That's awesome. We have the option to buy a box and sort of contribute that way and basically divert almost anything from our house 
or even our workplace or wherever we want the box. Um, we can divert all that from landfill by using TerraCycle. But there are also free programs as well. Yeah, so uh, on our website, terracycle.ca, uh, we list all of our free recycling programs, and so these are made possible through our various partnerships with a bunch of different brand sponsors. Um, so through their funding, we are able to offer a free recycling solution, um, free shipping, and sometimes even a donation incentive. So the way it works, you just go on terracycle.ca, create an account, and join the specific program that you want to participate in. And then once you're in the program, you can download prepaid UPS shipping labels. You just collect that specific waste stream, put it in any box, and then send it back to us. That's awesome. So, for example, at my kid's school, if I wanted to get a box for, say, toothbrushes, I would just go online, like you said, and sign up, and then... I would get the box sent to me, or I could provide my own box, is that right? So the free programs that we offer is different by country, so we don't necessarily have a free one for toothbrushes right now, mm -hmm. but if you wanted to do it with a, a, an item that we do have a free program, let's say for snack pouches. So let's say at any school, if a lot of students have those squeezable snack pouches, you can collect them in your school, put them in any box, get a label from our website, and then send it to us to be recycled. And a lot of our programs, our free programs, also have a donation incentive. So um, through our TerraCycle Points program. So for example, for the Snack Pouch program, you'll get two TerraCycle points per pouch that you send in, which you can donate to any nonprofit or school of choice. So a lot of schools participate in our programs because it teaches students the importance of recycling while also raising funds for the school. So how, do the, how does the point system work? With yep. TerraCycle? Um, so one TerraCycle point is equal to one cent. So every time we check in your shipment, um, we'll weigh it and then we'll add those points to your account. And you could redeem it to any nonprofit or school. And then twice per year, we'll send out checks directly to the organizations. So our school, for example, we could keep our own points, basically, and then we would receive a check. Yep, exactly. Cool. And so how does, so one, one point is one cent. So if we sent in sort of a big zero waste box, how much would that be? So the zero waste boxes don't get you points. It's the free programs that get right. you points um, because, and those come from the brand sponsor. So that goes by weight? Yep. So we, yep. So we weigh it out and then we have like an average unit weight and then that's how we calculate how many items you sent in. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, so what are some of the free programs that you have going on right now? Yeah, so we have a bunch of free different programs. So we, as I mentioned, we have the snack pouch recycling program. So any any sort of a squeezable um, fruit pouch, something like that. Uh, we have a free program with Staples Canada, where you can go to any Staples store and drop off your pens, highlighters, sharpies. Uh, we also have a program with Lunchmate, which is great for schools. So a lot of students eat those lunchable containers. So um, the plastic can be could be sent. The trays, plastic trays, could be sent to us and uh, recycled for free too. Nice. And then uh, Febreze, is that yep. something that's yep. going on? Yeah, so with Febreze, um, we run an air and home care program. So you can send in uh, your air fresheners, the refill cartridges, the trigger heads from, from those bottles, and um, you can recycle them for free with us too. That's awesome. So if there was a box at school, for example, for Febreze, does that mean that sort of families can send with their children, like those trigger heads and... Then yep. they would go in there and then... Yeah, exactly. So a lot of schools do that. They'll get the parents involved too, the students involved. Um, it's a great way for them to raise funds too. So everyone can bring the products in and then they'll have one collection point so that they can send in our, their shipments. And there's a new store as well that I think you guys recently partnered with that I saw on the website, but I'm not sure how to pronounce it. 
Um, I think it's a perfume company. Yeah, L'Occitane. Yeah. Yeah, so L'Occitane, um, they, they're a skincare and beauty product company. So we just launched a new program with them. So you can go to specific L'Occitane stores and bring in your old L'Occitane products, and they're going to be recycled with us. If you also bring in your products, you'll, you can get a 10% discount at their store for a product purchase that day. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's really a good incentive. I hope that we see much more of that. And that's really cool because you guys are sort of in charge of organizing that. Who's going to participate in the free boxes and then also the facilities that are going to turn those products into something new. Yep, exactly. So we kind of what we do is we come up with the recycling solution and then we partner with processors to make that happen and to actually process it. Um, we also so then we partner with brands too to fund it and then also with schools to participate in our programs. So one thing that stuck out to me that you guys recycle is toothbrushes. There's this big zero waste movement to move toward bamboo toothbrushes or wood toothbrushes, but the problem usually is that the bristles are actually nylon. You would have to cut the bristles out in order to compost the wood toothbrush, mm-hmm. um, or else you would have like nylon in your compost that you're making. I haven't found the best solution. I do use wood toothbrushes, and I found some in Brooklyn uh, with horsehair bristles, which I'm trying out, which seem to be working just as well as a normal toothbrush. But you guys have a solution as well, because you can recycle toothbrushes. Yep. Yep. So that's one of the many things we can recycle. Um, So we basically shred everything up and process it into pellets like that, like the ones over there. Yeah, because you have some excellent examples here. There's... um, Yeah, there's all kinds of different pellets. And then, so mostly the main product, I would say, is um, this, it's called plastic lumber. So that's mostly what toothbrushes would get recycled into. Yeah, exactly. Um, Actually, in the U.S., they have a partnership with Colgate, and they run these contests where they actually make uh, playgrounds out of it. And then they'll give a playground to the winning school who recycles the most oral care waste. Wow. Yeah. The lumber that we're talking about, it's a very hard, thick plastic and it's very heavy so it actually looks very durable and very useful so here at TerraCycle there are some benches that are made out of the material and it looks like something you would want in a playground or at a park Um, so that makes sense that it would that it would be used in children's equipment yeah it's really great so do a lot of things come from just Toronto or are you getting things sort of from coast to coast so TerraCycle Canada's Recycling programs are offered throughout Canada. So we recycle anything that we receive, whether it's from the West Coast, East Coast. Um, the majority of what we get is from Ontario, but we recycle from all, all across Canada. That's great. That's really awesome. Like you guys coordinate. So you're not actually the facility. Yeah. You are coordinating between the facility and the, the people who make the products and then I guess the people who buy the products as well. Yeah, well, I kind of mentioned that we were in 21 countries, which is really exciting, and we're constantly growing. Um, we have offices in, in the States, in Australia, Brazil, Mexico, um, Europe, Asia. We have an office in, in China, Japan, Korea. So we're a growing company, and it's really exciting. <laughs> what country is it that does the beach cleanup? Yeah, so uh, we have a, a beach plastics project. Um, it's a global project. Um, this was in partnership with Procter & Gamble. Basically, we partnered with a bunch of different cleanup groups, and we collected all the rigid plastics that would come washed off the shore. Um, those are typically not recyclable because they're so degraded and contaminated with, you know, degraded from UV lighting and, and from contaminated from sand. So they're really difficult to recycle traditionally. So 
we um, partnered with Procter & Gamble to actually recycle them into a head and shoulders bottle. So that's really exciting too. Is it a specific head and shoulders bottle or is it sort of any head and shoulders bottle? Like, can we go find this certain bottle? So this one's only actually currently available in Europe, but it's very uh, distinguishable. Head and shoulders typically has, you know, their iconic white bottle, but this one is actually a dark gray um, with like uh, some images of beach plastics on it. So it's a really, it's a really great initiative. That's nice. Amazing. That's really helpful because we know that microplastics are a huge issue right now in the ocean. And so if you can get that plastic before it breaks down and before it becomes that problem, one of the scientists we interviewed was saying that once it's, it's at that micro level, it's really hard to clean up. So the best time to clean it up is when it's you know in those big chunks. So good for Head & Shoulders for doing that. That's nice. Jessica, you have what I call a green job. And I love this so much because one thing I do worry about with zero waste is... What if we all stop buying things that are harmful for the environment? What if we find solutions to, you know, we didn't, people don't buy shampoo bottles anymore or maxi pads or things like that. Like there are hundreds of jobs, if not thousands of jobs, you know, just right here um, in this area that would, that might be lost if people stop buying all of these new things. So you have a super green job, which is amazing. <laughs> I'm wondering if it was the job that came first that got you into sort of into this environmentalist um, sort of job or were you sort of always into it and that's why you took the job at TerraCycle? Yeah, so um, I was actually, I went to business school and during business school, this is mandatory class you have to take. It's called social context of business. So basically it looks at the environmental impact that businesses have. And ever since I took that class, I knew I wanted to work for a company that was doing good in the world. Um, so I found TerraCycle, um, a triple bottom line business. And I'm really happy I did because I'm happy to come to work today, uh, every day. <laughs> I'm happy to come to work every day and we're just doing great things. So That's amazing. Yeah, yeah I really like that. <laughs> and I'm sure TerraCycle is going to expand and that there's going to be more more jobs around this sort of thing. So yep. it seems like a really good sort of community to be involved in, especially yeah, at this time. Well, that's great. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for talking with us today about recycling. And if people are looking to get involved and recycle um, basically whatever they want, or if you're interested in getting involved with the free programs for schools or, or businesses or whatnot, then you can just go to terracycle.ca. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. Before I left Toronto, Jessica gave me a book by Tom Zaki. He's the founder and CEO of TerraCycle. It's called Outsmart Waste, the modern idea of garbage and how to think our way out of it. I want to read something that I found on page seven. The best part of attempting to deal with the problem of garbage is that it is something we can do immediately as individuals. We are, after all, the root cause of garbage. I love this quote. Going zero waste or being on a countdown to zero waste, just trying to limit some of the things that you do to produce waste is something that we can do every single day. You can start right now. If you're thirsty, go get a cup that's sustainable, get a mug or bring your own water bottle. Or tomorrow, if you're a coffee or tea drinker, bring your mug. If you need to go get groceries after work tonight or if you are planning to go get groceries or buy something at the mall or whatever, just don't use those plastic bags. Refuse them. Bring your own. Carry them out in your arms. I mean, I've walked out of the mall before with items where I could barely see because they were stacked high in my arms just because I refused to take those plastic bags. This is so true. Like, we're the problem, all of us, if we're producing garbage. And it's so easy to stop doing it to an extent. I mean, it's really hard to eliminate 
and get down to zero, but there are certain things that we can all do to help. So on page 51, he's talking about what happens to garbage when it goes to landfill. So some old landfills have been excavated. According to Zaki's research, 40-year-old newspapers have been found with easily readable print when they dig up a landfill. Researchers at the University of Arizona even found still recognizable 25-year-old hot dogs. Gross. Not only that, but landfills can explode. Basically, when everything sits there without oxygen, a bunch of gas builds up, and if there isn't proper ventilation, they can explode. In 1995, a landfill exploded in New York. In 2000, a house in Rochester exploded in the middle of the night when landfill gases migrated. Zaki has also found a way to recycle dirty diapers. If you can recycle dirty diapers, I'm pretty sure you can recycle about anything. So he says that once dirty diapers are collected, they're put through gamma radiation that sterilizes the material, kills harmful pathogens like E. coli and salmonella, and then the diapers are radiated, and then they're shredded, and then they're separated. There's cellulosic material and the superabsorbent polymers, SAP for short, that actually absorbs the urine. The cellulosic material and the superabsorbent polymers need to be separated from the plastics, which are number four and number five. Composting facilities can actually take the cellulosic material because it's plant-based and it helps compost increase its water retention. And then the number four and number five plastic from diapers can be melted and sold as plastic to various companies that consider the material a useful input. Obviously, it makes much more sense to just not use them so we don't have to do all of those crazy processes and just use cloth. He also talks way later in the book about taxing products that are very harmful on the environment. So, for example, a diaper package can be easily recycled, so it would only have a few cents of a tax on it to be recycled. But then the dirty diaper, because it is so intensive to recycle it, would have a huge tax put onto it. I feel this way with tampons. A lot of people have called for removing tax on tampons, saying that they're a necessary item. Humans have been anatomically the same for over 100,000 years, and tampons are a very recent thing. We don't need them. There are so many other options that we can use. There definitely should not only be a tax on tampons, there should be a much bigger tax on tampons because they are so bad for the environment. This week on my Countdown to Zero Waste, I signed up for the TerraCycle program on their website. It was super simple and the first program I signed up for was the cigarette butt program. I don't actually smoke myself, but a long time ago when I was an officer in the Royal Canadian Navy, I occasionally smoked loose tobacco rolled in paper without any filter. Even back then, it bothered me watching sailors choose to flick their butts into the ocean rather than place them in the proper cigarette butt receptacles provided on all our ships. I deliberately chose loose-leaf tobacco so I could avoid those environmentally harmful filters that are made out of plastic and absorb toxins. And yes, I understand those toxins were entering my lungs, which is why I didn't keep up the habit for very long. But I kept thinking how many cigarette butts were being tossed into the ocean by our Navy's ships and by the American Navy's ships and then by all the world's Navy ships then by all the cruise ships crossing our oceans and all the tankers and cargo ships out there, how many cigarette butts are entering our oceans every minute from sailors? All it takes is some regulation to stop this behavior and make sure butts are put into their proper place. Before I could sail in the Navy, I had to do a basic officer army phase where strict enforcement meant no one could flick a cigarette butt anywhere in the field and especially on the range. 
Anyone who smoked would have to put their butts in their pockets and carry them out, meaning most soldiers would use a Ziploc plastic bag to carry their butts. Once on base, there are many cigarette receptacles in designated smoking areas, but I had to empty one once, and it was not pretty. There were at least 40 pounds of butts in the receptacle, and there was nowhere to put them but in the trash. Of all the organizations who could beneficially use TerraCycle to reduce their waste output, the military, of many different nations, could be providing a massive contribution of cigarette butts to be recycled and therefore delete tons of waste from landfill. If you know an organization that has a lot of smokers, I highly recommend suggesting to them the TerraCycle program. I plan on using TerraCycle's cigarette butt recycling program to mail in cigarette butts we find on a beach cleanup this month. I partnered with a local adventure outfitter called Cruising Canoes in my area, along with a local coffee shop called The Break Room in Belleville, Ontario, and a local brewery called Prince Eddie's. Together we are doing an early spring cleanup of our local beaches on Lake Ontario in Prince Edward County, and we plan to send the cigarette butts we find into TerraCycle for recycling. Instead of giving out garbage bags and plastic gloves, which we would never do because they're wasteful, we use buckets instead to collect the debris from the beach, and we later separated it. So we separated plastics into things that could still be recycled and plastics that couldn't be recycled because they were too worn out or too, too exposed to UV light. And then we took all the cigarettes and we put them in a box and we shipped them to TerraCycle to be turned into park benches and pallets and other useful items. I also purchased a zero waste box from TerraCycle for my home. If you're interested in purchasing a zero waste box for your home or your workplace, you can use the coupon code COUNTDOWN. That's COUNTDOWN with no space on both TerraCycle.ca, which is the Canadian website, and the American website, TerraCycle.com. If you like our show, you can follow me on Instagram at Zero Waste Countdown. That's zero underscore waste underscore countdown. And if you have any questions or ideas for the show, you can email me, laura at zerowastecountdown.com. Change starts now. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast.